0: for another episode of badass records which in case you were wondering is a podcast featuring conversations with folks about their lives and some of their favorite music along the journey where can you find the podcast streaming uh, audio on your favorite uh, platforms there's a YouTube uh, all the episodes live on the site which is badassrecordspodcast.com New episodes drop Thursday mornings. Uh, you can follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you do go to the website, Badass Records make sure you click the merch tab and shop around. You might find uh, something cool for yourself or a loved one. Uh, and if you want to be uh, on the show, hit me up, please, at Badass Records Podcast at gmail.com. It's Badass Records Podcast at gmail.com. Come sit with me. Appreciate you stopping by. So, um, in a perfect world, no hiccups, uh, no goofs, uh, no podcast host errors. Uh, we're recording episode 75 of Badass Records Podcast. Um, and for the first time, I am, uh, w- remote. Um, remote. Hanging at Skate Bar, um, 5 Olam Francis, downtown St. Joe, um, and hanging with Danny Phillips, a.k.a. Dr. 47. What's happening? Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you. Um, so... Let's see here. You are the uh promoter and talent booker Correct. for Skate Bar and Skate Bar is right around a year and a half old?
1: Y- yeah. Yeah, right
0: at a year and a half okay. actually. Okay. Yeah. Um and I'm amazing. I'm, I imagine it has uh had some amazing uh moments uh across yeah. that span. Oh, yeah. Um uh how's it been?
1: Wild, strange, <laughs> lots of fun, busy. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah. what uh what kind are you do you have are you the kind of person that operates with like uh you know routine hours or are you just kinda No No I'm No uh, t-
1: I'm I'm more of a vampire nowadays. No, I don't have what you would call regular hours. Right.
0: Uh, no. Um so we so today is uh, Saturday, July eighth, and uh, I know you told me already uh, who's playing tonight. Two acts: Village Elder
1: and
0: God. What was the other one? Essential Machine. Essential Machine. Essential Machine. And this is um is this is this the fifth night of five straight nights of shows?
1: It feels like it. Yeah, I'm, it is actually. Okay. Yes. And
0: then uh, you guys are closed Mondays, but you do, you do do gigs on Sundays.
1: We do have gigs on Sundays. We've been known to have shows on Mondays. If like, a touring act is coming through, sure. we will be up. But most, more often than not, on Mondays we're closed. we got to have a day off somewhere. Right. Um, so if somebody is hearing
0: this or seeing this and they've not heard of Skate Bar before but are in a band and would like to gig here, what, what are the, how does somebody make it happen? How do they reach out?
1: You can get a hold of me on my Facebook page, Danny R. Phillips. Uh, I have an Instagram page, Doctor Forty Seven Percent. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Or you can get a hold of the skate bar page and talk to Brandon. Sure. I mean, we split. We split time on the booking, which right is on. nice. Yeah. I booked other places before, and I did all the work, and that's terrible.
0: <laughs> I bet.
1: It's terrible. Um. So thank you for. Um,
0: carving out some time to sit down and do this with me oh, um no problem the we were sort of talking uh before we were rolling about um the why or the you know how uh I got this thing going and uh mm-hmm. I think really um it comes down to wanting to talk music in person with people yeah um get to know them a little bit uh've yet to do uh any virtual episodes uh-huh. i i think uh strange as it may seem uh what we all experienced with the pandemic and all that stuff it i think it's important to to sit with people Uh
1: and um you know people are still having a hard time with that sitting with people and having conversations i see that here that uh they're still having a hard time with being in group the group dynamic yeah
0: Yeah, Yeah. you find yourself, uh, you know... Too much time alone is not always a good thing. No, and and a lot of the time, I think, uh, you know, our phones are just always right there. It's easy to just bury our face in. Yeah, it's awful. Um, So what did I see in terms of... uh, I remember seeing a town that you... Kind of grew up in or went mm-hmm. to high school in mm-hmm. uh, somewhere off of seventy, but I forget the town. Minden,
1: Missouri. Okay, population two hundred and seventy-four. Is that current? That is current.
0: Okay, that is not many
1: folks. No, it's not. Uh, born and raised there. Then I was born in Brickfield, Missouri, and I lived in Trenton, Missouri, till I was about eleven or twelve, and then spent. The rest of the time in Mendon. Okay. Yeah. Um, how are you doing comfy-wise? Do we need
0: to... I'm super comfortable You right are now, actually. Okay. Yes, I mean, I am. if you want to lean back, we can reposition nah. things. My
1: body fits in weird ways. So okay. I'm actually okay. very comfortable. Okay. Right on.
0: <laughs> well, if we need to change, oh, just no, it's fine. holler. Um, so, uh you have siblings? I have an older sister. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: and do you happen to know how mom and dad met? Huh, my mom and dad. My dad was the president of the Eagles Lodge in Brookfield, and my mom was a bartender. Okay, okay. Um, and met in a bar, raised in a bar. There you go. And yeah. here we and are. Now I'm in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Right uh a surprise so um
0: mom dad older sister would, mm-hmm. were mom and dad did they uh put music on no in the
1: home? uh my dad was one of those unfortunate cases of my generation that he was there long enough to not be there yeah. oh yeah okay. he wasn't around okay my stepdad stepped in like 35 years ago has been my dad okay but when it comes to music my mom and my older sister are the number one influence on me. What what uh, what do you remember mom being
0: into when you were young?
1: Oh, mom was into like Fleetwood Mac. I okay. still have her original copy of Rumours nice. on vinyl. Nice. Uh, she was into Fleetwood Mac. Everything from like the fifties to the seventies and like in the even into the eighties. Okay. And then my sister is like, I'm forty eight. I think she's like five or six years older than me. You're 74 baby too? I'm 75. 75. January 75. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm December of 74. Yeah. I thought we were- January right there. But, uh, you know, uh, sharing a wall growing up with her. And that was at the perfect time. Like, you know, she was into Elvis Costello and the police. And cool. Things like that, you know, in the eighties. And then occasionally, even though she was often mean to her little brother, occasionally she would get quote unquote tired of a record
0: and, 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 hand and it give off. it to nice. me. You know, so
1: I get, like, the second police record. Or, you know, like, Van Halen 2 or whatever. Whatever she deemed she was tired right. of. So did a hand-me-down
0: from her... Was that the origin point of your personal collection? Mm, or
1: The very... The very first record I bought with my own money, I can remember. I bought it at places in Trenton, and it was the Purple Rain soundtrack. Nice. In 80, what was that, 85? Uh, 84, 85? Somewhere in there, yeah. And the next one was Van Halen 1984. Epic album cover. And after that, I have no clue. It's just kind of... But I remember the first two. Right. Um, How about uh, first show? The first, like, official concert, like... It was Lollapalooza in 1994. Okay.
0: Uh, You didn't get dragged to anything by mom and and stepdad or sister? My
1: mom, when we lived in Trenton in about 84 or 5, my mom, uh, my sister and I got called to the office. And I was used to being called to the office. But we both got called up there and our mom was in the office. Didn't know what was going on. Well, she took us out of school because about 20 minutes from where we lived, John Mellencamp was playing a free concert at a farm implement store. It was like the year before he started Farm Aid. It was like his first push to start Farm Aid. Farm Aid. I forgot that he was kind of yeah, the he, person who Yeah, it behind was that. him, Willie Nelson, and Neil Young started that. Right. So that, that was like the first push. And cool. that was like probably the first show I was at. But the first mind blower was Walpalooza. Walpalooza. No, no
0: memories of the Mellencamp show? Just that there was a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, probably uh, a lot of ca- the occasional chili dog, perhaps. Probably a lot of people
1: sucking on a chili <laughs> dog. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Doing hand claps. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: okay. So um, first show. Okay. So I really want to know about, uh, you know, your I think your Twitter and your Instagram bios mention. And maybe Facebook too. Twenty-five years as a music journalist,
1: in and out of that, yeah, somewhere around twenty years. What years. was the first?
0: First of all, uh, what was the first gig you had doing it, and
1: what was the interest that pushed you in that direction? I had always uh, growing up. I was big into music. I was like my sister used to call me the encyclopedia because I rem- remember everything. Nice so i was always reading like rolling stone and Hit parader and fucking you know whatever you can whatever had music in it yeah i would read it and you know i'd read the reviewers like Lester bangs and people like that and and i just there was a new paper that started up here in town and i read a re- read a review somebody wrote and thought hey i could do you know i could do that i could I could try that here in town. And I'd been writing, yeah, I'd been Trenton? writing for a long time. Oh, it was here in St. Joe. St. Joe, okay. And I'd uh, been writing stories for a long time, so I tried it. And then I was in every issue of that paper, other than about three or four for about twenty years. Okay. After that, oh, this is. And then from that, I started writing online, and that that the, gig here in town. From though, that was gig print. here in town, started me writing other places. But everywhere. that that was a print. Yeah, that was a print, like alternative, like indie, local. you still have some copies?
0: Yeah, somewhere. Nice. Somewhere I do. And then uh, online, are you doing album reviews, show review? I was
1: doing that for a long time. I haven't written music journalism in a long time because I started, well, to be real, I burnt myself out. Oh, right, right. Writing a lot, I kind of burnt myself out. I found myself analyzing shows instead of enjoying them even when I wasn't working. I hear you. So... I quit doing that for a while, and then I started booking bands in another bar here in town, and then this one came about, and I started booking here, and now I just focus on that. Nice. Um, When you did
0: write, were you uh, a person that wrote at at the same time of day or
1: night every time
0: you wrote, or were you all over the place?
1: I had kids, so I trained myself to get up about 3 in the morning. I mean, you got to find the hour somewhere. And I'd write for a couple hours in the morning, and then they'd get up. Sure. So man, that's uh, that set me on this schedule, right? For this, yeah, um, that I have do- I
0: have lived in that lane as a as an, an aspiring writer, and um, would still would love to find some form, you know, return to the to the work of putting your yeah. putting your butt in the chair consistently. Oh yeah. But the problem I uh, is, is for me is that I am uh, not somebody that was born with a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. and uh so getting up at 3 or 3:30 to have my butt in the chair by 4 means you know I got to be in
1: bed by like 9 and right as you know I've always been motivated cuz I was born with uh cerebral palsy so anything I've had to do I have to make myself do so I'm a self-motivator there you go I feel like I have to do something and I Always like when I was writing, I would like bumping up right against my deadline too. Oh, oh! That, that, Wait till about a day or two before, and yeah. then once I got going, man. Yeah,
0: there's nothing like having that pressure yeah. of Start a thinking, deadline. Oh shit! Yeah, this
1: due Friday, and today is Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. Whoops! I don't even have an outline yet. Yeah, I haven't even thought about this yet.
0: Um, so. Do you have a device that you prefer to write on? Is it just whatever's around—a desktop, a laptop? Or?
1: I like to write in notebooks still. Okay, I'm a, oh, I'm a, pen, I'm okay. a pencil paper guy. I still use a pencil because you can erase.
0: Sure. You know now, like, but kind of if you were uh, turning something in for the print
1: oh, publication,
0: it's on the computer, okay. I
1: just like email. It okay, to okay. okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's how I used to do it.
0: Um Do you have a spot currently in your home where you could sit down and write? Oh, yeah. Like, write tomorrow if you felt like it? Oh, yeah,
1: but every time I sit down to write, I think of bands I need to contact, and I kind of forget about it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've put I've put the writing. I still do write. I just don't publish anything, but I write for myself, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for maybe later, I'll publish it, but right now, I push this to the front.
0: Cool. Or um, it pushed
1: itself to the front, I should say that. So...
0: Remind me one more time uh if somebody wants to uh, somebody's curious about booking a gig at Skate Bar. Mm-hmm. They need to reach out to you yep. via Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Instagram Facebook, Instagram. Yep. or contact the bar. Or contact
1: Brandon, Get in like touch the Skate with Brandon. Bar page or something like that. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um
0: and what is the process like? I mean, I gotta imagine like you're the venue, you want acts to come through, the band wants a venue to play at. I got to imagine most of the exchanges are pretty cordial and nice. Oh, yeah. And, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I've not had any problems with anyone. Nice, very no. nice. No.
0: Um, so you gave me um an awesome list. Uh-huh. Um, you didn't give me an amount, so I gave you a few. Well, I typically try to remember to say, you know because some people have done one they've done just one record uh, just one oh yeah and we talked the whole oh, yeah, time about that and and some people have done two mm-hmm. some people three or four or five mm-hmm. I try to remember to say you know somewhere in this range um, but I've had I had somebody give me a list of 16 I had somebody give me 20 I don't uh, even remember what mine was, it was 14 14 like yeah Jesus. so they are all uh, Danny Phillips's, Dr. 47's picks, but I have split the list in half. Nice. And I've got, so Good. I've got a list that I call your, your picks, uh-huh. and a list that I call my, your picks. Okay. Um, and so I'd like to run through the first half, and right. if we're feeling cool. like just plowing through the whole thing, we'll do it. If we yeah. want to take a break, why not? Right um, so, I am down I have, to talk about music. I have, uh, So taking your list and uh making it two, each of the two lists, are. we're going to run through the records in chronological release.
1: Okay. So Now, you did way more work than I did. Well,
0: I mean, I'm a a nerd. I like to geek out a little bit. I am
1: too. Just wait.
0: So your, your list Mm -hmm. starts, well, I got to have two things going here. What do I do with my notes? They are right here. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. A handy dandy notebook, right? All right, mm-hmm. we're back in business
0: 1971. Sticky Fingers, yes, Rolling Stones, right? 10 tracks, 46 minutes, 11th release of 25 nice. for these guys. Nice. Um, and uh, this is the f- first Stones record, I believe in 75 episodes. I'm not, are you serious? I'm not, I'm not even making Come that on, up. Come on, man. Um, so, how'd you
1: get turned on to the Stones, and why is this one make your um, list? The Rolling Stones are one of those bands, honestly, that I didn't like for the longest time. You, preaching the and Choir. I don't know how it happened, but somehow a copy of this record, Sticky Fingers, wound up in my hand. Okay. I've... Uh, I think my friend Hans loaded it to me on CD or something. Okay, nice. And it was like, there are... This record, I believe, to be scandal-proof, other than Brown Sugar, but that's scandal because the lyrics. But, I mean, as quality of songs, this is the Rolling Stones' best album. People talk about Exile on Main Street and all that. That's a lot of filler, no killer. <laughs> this is uh, Sticky Fingers. This nice. This is the number one. And plus, they, they dip a little into country music on this uh, one. And kind of a... A closet country guy. Okay,
0: Okay. Um, man. So twenty-five records across fifty years is uh,
1: wildly impressive. They should have quit in the seventies. Uh oh, because because they stopped being good after the seventies. No, for real. Once you get "Start Me Up" going, and nah, uh -uh, yeah, man, that's so. That's my cutoff. Like, uh, it's only rock and roll was my cutoff because that's now.
0: Yeah. I mean that's unfortunate. I just uh so you know cruising around as a very as a little person uh in my mom's car mm-hmm. uh 71 WHB uh oldies which my I My mom would ju- love that stuff. I just learned like 2 days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh I think on via a Facebook post. Uh I always thought that those letters were just the call, mm-hmm. you know like uh, K-R- like WKRP? Yeah, just call sign. Yeah. World's Happiest Broadcasters.
1: Really? Really? That's what that means.
0: That's what that means. Interesting. So, point being, uh, listen to a lot of oldies, and then, you know, uh, at some point I'm, I'm in the camp of classic rock, mm-hmm. and I'm just the fox. I'm hardwired yeah. to the fox. Right. And that's Absolutely. where, uh, you know, I suppose that's the second phase of the cultivation of my love of music. And I start to, I mean, I was, like, one of these kids listening to oldies where, like, I started to remember song names and artist names. And so, you know, I knew a lot of the oh, words yeah. to sing along. Oh, absolutely. And then classic rock, wow, that really broadens it to, you know, Pink Floyd and Blood Sepp. And, and the, st- oh, the collection of songs that I would hear on the Fox, yeah. By the Stone, I was always like, what is the deal with these? These guys are not impressive. Huh. But... That's based just on what's getting radio play, and I think a lot of it is in that only rock and roll and start me up kind of phase. Yeah,
1: you get you get that stuff. Yeah, like waiting on a friend and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, that's not the Rolling Stones, man. This the stuff that's on this record is a
0: way different sound. Yes,
1: a way different sound. Absolutely.
0: Um, So they should have quit in the seventies, but uh, are is there another? Record besides Sticky Fingers by The Stones that you are a fan of? Do you like Exile? Uh,
1: I like Exile's okay. I like Beggars Banquet better. Okay, what? Uh, what? That's got sympathy for the devil. Nice. Give me shelter. Or no, wait a minute. Give me shelter's on. Uh, Let it bleed. That okay. one's good too. Okay. Those. These are the big three for Rolling Stones. Right on. Beggars Banquet. Let it
0: bleed and Sticky Fingers. So that was seventy one. We, uh, we 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 jump seven years ahead to a record that's already been mentioned. Mm. Uh, Fleetwood Mac,
1: rumors. rumors, Rumors, the quintessential 70s, all the chicks are going to love this, record. right,
0: well, yep. so if Sticky Fingers is the first Stones record uh, to appear on somebody's list for a podcast episode, Rumors, this is the third time it's come up.
1: Well, of course, yeah. I mean, like, you know, they sold up. A billion copies of this thing. Forty million plus. Yeah, I mean it's it's dumb. It's dumb numbers. Yeah,
0: it is. <laughs> it it is. Dumb.
1: And they sell copies every day. What gets me is you go somewhere and you'll see a reissue of it on vinyl for like twenty five dollars. You can get this record anywhere for like two, three, five bucks. Just there's so many of yeah. them, yeah, yeah, right. You, you can get an original pressing for maybe ten dollars, yeah, if you are one that wants to, like, if you, if you actually want to go look, for right, right, which I enjoy. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it is there is something about I'm it. I'm
1: a diehard crate digger,
0: uh, sure. epic collection of tracks, yes, uh, some of which I personally never need to hear again because True. Of, I, once I don't was don't stop is one of yep, them, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. in fact, I think, um, in my years. In the restaurant business, um, I worked at a joint where a server uh, formed uh, a Fleetwood Mac cover band, and I think they toyed with the idea of calling themselves Don't Stop because they vowed to never play that song. No, please do stop. (laughs) Please do stop. Uh, Um, So, you know, uh, sort of a silly question for you, but... um, uh, what would you say to someone who heard you include rumors as part of your list and then said that that's uh very unpunk rock of you to do?
1: Then I would say I'm not necessarily just a punk rocker and there you should go. listen to the song songbird. Ooh, nice. And then very tell nice. me because Stevie Nicks gets a lot of love for vocals on that. But Christine McVie was the best singer in the band. Oh, okay. I thought so. And she sings songbird. It's beautiful. i they so that record's my mom's fault. I still have her first pressing of that.
0: Nice. Uh, I heard that one a lot. Tusk one. came after it. Tusk, Tusk yes. was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, That's for, ambitious. For the longest time, I was uh, very anti-Fleetwood Mac because mm-hmm. I happened what to get are. my hands on uh, um, a couple of bootlegs from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And they they were like part of the British Blues oh, Explosion. Oh, they were a
1: blue... With Peter Green, they were a straight-up blues rock band. No, like no, Led Zeppelin-type blues rock band. And they fucking oh, shredded. Oh, well, it's a great team.
0: Dude. Yeah, uh, that's great. So Live in Chicago is one, and Live in London, I think. Totally different band. I know. Without Peter and, Green, and, and, it's a totally different and band. And then Stevie comes along yep. and make, becomes Stevie and
1: Lindsey pop, you know... Yeah. And I was like,
0: yeah, that, that was so cool what they were doing before you got here.
1: How terrible would that have to be, though? You're Stevie and Lindsey. You're dating when you write, You break up. You know, you've know, you written these songs, go your own way and all that. And then those are your biggest hits, and you have to continue to play them for like 45 <laughs> <No>. <laughs> years. That would be the worst. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: God has a sense of humor. I mean, absolutely he does. Yeah. Um, so we stay in
0: 78 for uh, number three, uh-huh. which is Outlandos de Amor. Yes. By the Police. And we one did, of the
1: greatest rock debuts of all time. I, I mean,
0: uh, this is the second time this one has made someone's list. And every time I put on this record to revisit it, I, I immediately I'm like, fucking Andy Summers is absolutely just killing this thing. I mean, yeah. you
1: they, know, he was almost a Rolling Stone. For real? Yep. It was him after uh, Brian Jones died. It was either him or Mick Taylor. Okay. And they picked Mick Taylor. Wow. Yep. Um, he was down in the final two but they um, you know
0: um, they very much have to be a serious part of the conversation if you're talking greatest trio rock trios absolutely because they just kill Absolutely. absolutely Um, This was uh, their debut, as you mentioned, 10 tracks, 38 minutes, a quick one. Um, And I remember the first time I was uh, looking stuff up about this record. uh, I was just peeking at other police tidbits. And by the time Synchronicity, which I think is their fifth, and final, yeah, maybe, I maybe their fourth. But by the time, best time best. it's out, they are uh, like recording separately.
1: Oh, they absolutely hate each other. I know Stuart Copeland and Sting hate each other to this day. They do, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they don't like each other at all. That's so unfortunate oh, no. because they, like they, they were so tight. Stuart Copeland is my all time favorite drummer. He's pretty I awesome. I love that
0: dude. You ever listen to Oysterhead? Yes, nice. Yeah,
1: nice. I, I love him. The biggest problem I had with the police, I had with the police. Is their songs go on too long? Okay. There's like, at the end of So Lonely, there's like three minutes of So, <laughs> so Lonely. Yeah, why? I mean, if you cut that off there, you'd have great
0: pop songs. So, the other, another thing that stood out the first time I peeked at this record is that uh, Summers later uh, recorded a record with Robert Fripp. Mm-hmm. who i've never checked out i've always heard fantastic things but i've never sat down and listened yeah, to he him he
1: played in uh, king crimson
0: right yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. which is uh some kind of version progressive of progressive rock, right
1: yeah wild progressive rock right stuff. right yeah.
0: one of these days yeah. i'm gonna check out you both of them um you need special help when you're listening to things like I'll, that you know what i'm saying yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, so then we take a big leap, um, from 78, we go all the way to 1992, it's a shame about Ray,
1: yes, the Lemonheads, yes,
0: talk to me about these guys, I love the Lemonheads, nice,
1: I love the Lemonheads, I've seen them twice, I saw the anniversary, it was either the 20, it'd be the 20th anniversary tour of this, shame about Ray, I stole the giant poster off the wall at the Granada, because I wasn't paying 40 bucks for a poster, right, so I stole it. Um, I love this. Evan Dando still to this day is one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. Oh, really?
0: There. Yeah. T- how did that come about?
1: They were going to play Omaha Kay. for the first time ever. Okay. And I was writing kind of here and there for the Omaha Reader. Nice. And is that uh, online? It was... It's not a thing anymore. Right, but, but, but when it was? It was online and it was in print. Both? It was like the pitch in Kansas City Nice the reader. Okay. And throughout out the idea interviewing him. Just, hey, if I can get an interview and they're like, cool, go for it. So, I just hit up his management and here i am he's calling me from paris france no way yeah so you did it over the phone over the phone i did a lot of mine over the phone because there's not a whole lot of musicians that want to come to saint joe area to do an interview <laughs> you know. um
0: what's how what what kind of length of time would you would these interviews-
1: usually they would give me 15 minutes okay but with most people i would use up one side of a cassette at least i might there's a couple where i had to flip okay like uh, i interviewed justin towns Earl rest in peace he's recently died the last couple of years but uh he came on the phone a couple different times this pr guy said okay your time's up and he'd just say no i'm talking to this dude they nice way. nice and so what I, was
0: evan dando like
1: evan dando was super cool he was just really friendly he was open any question i wanted to ask he was just a really nice guy and at the end of it he told me of his 30 years in music i i had asked him the best interview question that he'd ever hey heard. man Right on. You know what it was? Uh-uh. I asked him what his favorite mustard was. Where, how did you land on that question? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just thought to ask it. <laughs> and he was like, there was silence. And he said, what'd you say? And I said, what's your favorite kind of mustard? And then he told me, he's like, that is the weirdest, best question anybody's ever asked me. Nice. So and well, I said, well, then answer it. Yeah, what is it? And he what? goes, French is yellow. Oh, okay.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty vanilla, but. It's pretty basic. Um, but, you know. but it's, uh, I'm like. Uh, you know, uh, I'll get out like all four uh, mustards in my fridge with uh, some pretzels or whatever, uh, and I, you know, I dig Dijon and stone ground and so on and so forth. But there is something about a little uh, just plain, plain old yellow, yellow. mustard; it, it'll go yeah. a long way. Yeah, um, went to my first. Uh, uh, took the kids to our, our first Royals game of the season last Friday night, right? Um, and I'm, I'm. I'm always uh, I'm relish's biggest supporter. Whenever the hot dog race yeah. comes around, right? Um, and relish, got, we got the W that night, ah, um, nice, which, good. which was no 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 slap in the face to mustard. But I, I just but you're the guy. I got I got a rep. Relish is your guy. Yeah. I get it, man. Everybody's <laughs> um, so got a hero, right? Yeah. A big fan of a band that records tracks called uh, "My Drug Buddy," like track five, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, you know around the midway point, you know it it might be one of the strongest tracks on the record.
1: Oh, it is.
0: But uh,
1: my favorite one on there is probably Hannah and Gabby. Okay. Or "Still a Fan of My Spoon," which coincidentally "Still a Fan of My Spoon" is about drugs too. Nice,
0: nice. Uh, A lot of turnover, it seems, but they hung around for 30 years and made 10 records. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did we already talk about how this one landed in your lap?
1: This one I heard from... It wasn't out... I was out of high school with this. Came out in 92. Mm -hmm. I got out of high school in 93 and moved into an apartment with my cousin in a house. It was a house that split up in apartments. And this dude downstairs that became a friend of ours... Was a big music guy. Nice. A big music guy. Okay. And he was also a big smoker. So we would go down there, honestly, and get high <laughs> and listen to records, and he was the first guy to put that in my hand. Okay. He'd been out about a year. Cool. Yeah. And you were Im- instantly oh, yeah, immediately. turned on? Oh, immediately. And then Very I went cool. back, and if you listen to their older, like, early stuff, it's straight punk rock. Oh, yeah. Hate Your yeah. Friends is a punk rock record.
0: Yeah. Well, they yeah. kind of dip their toes back into those waters yeah. in a spot or two on this oh, one. Oh, yeah, they do. Um. But, uh, yeah, f- f- fascinating. I remember when this came out mm-hmm. um, and being like, what? Because the title track is not very, it, it, it strays from that punk rock it's sound. It's not real snappy. But, mm-hmm. but yep. uh, anyway, uh, move, speaking of 93, moving up, uh, ahead one. of year, we've got ah, Siamese Dream. Yes.
1: Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, oh. probably of the 90s probably my second favorite album of the night okay
0: uh t- this is record uh two of 12 for them 13 tracks 62 minutes yeah. and sort of like
1: uh andy summers man jimmy chamberlain yes. uh just still sp- one of this to this day still one of the best drummers i've ever seen live oh did uh-huh. you see th- i saw them in this came out in 93 uh-huh oh yeah law blues in 94 they were the headliners this they were they played this record the they whole were, thing they were pushing this okay record, yeah pretty uh, much this whole thing
0: is that the only time you've seen him live? Yep. How was it? Amazing. Okay. Um, I just had a buddy on, uh high school buddy actually, uh, and he, he that was part of his list. Yeah. Um, and he said that um, they're such a frustrating band to be a fan of. Uh, they are. Uh, tell me.
1: I agree, because uh, after this comes uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, uh-huh. and that's, like, that could be easily be one record, but I, I think he said the same thing. It could easily... You, there is a lot of filler on that record, man. Okay. That is Billy Corgan's ego Which on full exposure.
0: I think that very thing is a big it's, piece of why there may be frustration.
1: Siamese Dream is a groundbreaking alternative rock Absolutely. guitar record.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, uh, he... And
1: Billy Corgan isn't the only guitar star in that band, either. James Iha played most of the guitar parts on this record.
0: Um there was some mention of uh him feeling like he could lay down the tracks on like almost all the instruments better than his, the bandmates could and, right yeah. and, and then but mm-hmm. like they've already made a record by the time they put this out mm-hmm. so like i would i mean i how would you not be insulted At that, I I would
1: be deeply insulted, right? Especially considering making a record like this. This one blew my mind when it came out. Oh,
0: absolutely! Amazing. Uh, Well, that I mean, the Cherub Rock might be one of the all time greatest openers. Yeah. Um, And then there's you know a handful of tracks that they just absolutely destroy.
1: Silver Fuck and Mayonnaise are my two favorite. I don't know if I could curse on that. Absolutely. uh, Silver Fuck and Mayonnaise and uh, Rocket. I liked Rocket a lot.
0: Silverfuck has a couple of segments in it where, I mean, I'm like, is he breaking
1: his drum kit? He's trying to. (laughs) I saw him play it live. He really tries. Nice. He really tried. Uh, So we'll stay in 1993. Um, Can you tell my age? We're in the 90s now and we're staying kind of hard in it. Right. Um, So actually, um, but I mean... Tell me about the significance
0: of the pumpkins as it per, as they pertain to the rest of your list. I mean, you you, you said it yourself that this was uh groundbreak I think you said groundbreaking,
1: right? It was for me because you know, I was like, you know, 17, 18 when this came out. I was sixteen when never mind when Nevermind came out from Nirvana, which right. was perfect time. Thank God it killed all the crap that was before. No, no more Lover boy, guys. Right, right, Sorry about that. Uh, not really. But this showed that a band could be heavy. Yeah. But melodic melodic, and soft and everything. And there's, it just shows that a band can have more than one layer. Yes. Because okay. there's multiple layers on okay. this record.
0: Well, uh, speaking of the 90s, uh, specifically 93, and layers mm-hmm. and influences, I believe you called this one your numero uno. Yes. Which is in utero. In utero
1: is my all-time favorite album.
0: Really? Yep. Uh, t- uh, so you obviously knew uh, Nevermind from mm-hmm. a couple years earlier. Yep. Thank God it came out came out because it, it, it killed all the stuff before it. Right. Uh, what is it about this one that makes it
1: your number one? I believe... And like Kurt Cobain said, and I agree with it too, they made In Utero to scare off the fake fans. Okay. I believe I believe In Utero is the way Nirvana was supposed to have sounded. Interesting. Nevermind is so polished. It is. It's almost, like he said, he did a really good job making the Pixies record. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like the Pixies and the Replacements, kind of. Kind of, It's just yeah. polished and kind of poppy. Yeah. I like it. Nevermind's a great album. Yes. It changed everything. Right. But if I want to listen to Nirvana, I will listen to either In Utero or Incesticide. Well, those are much more aggressive. Or Bleach. Yeah, but Bleach right? is like, they're like a metal band on that almost. Uh, absolutely. It's, that's a whole different. Absolutely. They haven't quite found their gears yet on that. Um, man,
0: I mean, it's uh, there's something to be said for that comment about scaring off the fake fans mm-hmm. because it is... Nirvana I mean, Nevermind is not only uh pop more polished and, and perhaps poppy like you said, but it's much more accessible. This is this is uh sometimes for me this is a tough listen to get through. There's some very intense pieces. Uh, I was a
1: very angry young man when this record came out. You were? Yes. Okay. So it really helped. What
0: uh what was what was going on there?
1: I just you know, just being eighteen, no, no direction in life, bad girlfriend problems, okay, you know, just general, yeah, just nothing special compared to any other teenager in the world ever, right? You just basic bullshit, okay. You know, and that felt heavy at the time, yeah. You know, but now it's a joke.
0: Uh, so we're gonna jump two years ahead and uh, wrap your uh, your your picks up, and then move on to mine. Okay. Nineteen ninety-five, A.M
1: yes wilco i love this record
0: um so i've lived in a lane of the life of this podcast we're in for a minute i thought i was never gonna escape wilco being on from being on people's lists so i I have a a tiny bit of wilco fatigue at this point so if you could uh how did you discover them and why is this one special Um. to
1: you my good friend of mine here in town, Hans, gave me a copy of okay. AM. Nice. And I really liked it. And then I went back and uh, discovered Uncle Tupelo, which okay. Jeff Tweedy was yeah. in. Yeah. I actually have a big, the only back patch, Uncle Tupelo back patch that I know of on my jacket right now. I, I, I cut it off a t-shirt. Nice. put it on there. Nice. But um, I really got into Uncle Tupelo. But this Wilco, the first Wilco record just seems like. Uncle Tupelo stuff that didn't get recorded by Uncle Tupelo. Fair enough. There's a lot of it. But it's just, that's kind of the birth of alternative country right around in there. Absolutely. With Uncle Tupelo, the Bottle Rockets, you can even go back to in the 60s with Flying Breeder Brothers. Okay. And Grand Parsons. Nice. People like that. But this is really the first One of the first kicks in the face for Alternative Country, which is fine.
0: Uh, My favorites were, uh, this is my first listen for this record, but track one, I -hmm. Must Be High. Yeah, it's a good one. Four, Shouldn't Be Shamed. And seven, uh, That's Not the Issue. And finally, 13, Too Far Apart. All solid.
1: Too Far Apart is probably my favorite one on here. Or I like uh, Casino Queen. Okay. I think Casino Queen's real fun. Uh, That's a fun
0: song. Now, so this is their debut. Mm-hmm. They've put out 11 more since. This one had 13 tracks, 44 minutes, but how much have you taken their others out for a spin?
1: I've listened to quite a bit of Woco. I've seen them twice, okay. and they're still probably the best band I've seen live. For real? It's one of the best. They're amazing, dude. Wow. They're really good. They're as close as I want to get to a jam band. Okay. As close <laughs> as I want to get. I'm not into fish I'm sorry people I hate the Grateful Dead It's not just a hip thing to say I really do hate the Grateful Dead You know I just don't like jam bands But Wilco That's close enough They know when to stop (laughs)
0: Yeah okay Okay Oh
1: that's good stuff Um,
0: So uh, We we made it through 1995 Uh, We're gonna go We're gonna go backwards now All Mm -hmm. the way back to 1968 Um, Yeah this bad boy off of here. At Folsom Prison. There you go. The man in black. The late, great Joni K. That's right. Um, 67 studio albums.
1: 16 live albums. That's dumb. And this was... <laughs> and one of the only guys to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll of Fame. Too. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's okay. one of the only guys okay. to be in there. There's so this like was
0: four of them. This was the first of his live records. 16 mm-hmm. tracks, 45 minutes. Um... I'd like to posit that one could be very rigid or very diverse in one's musical tastes, and yours is uh, impressively diverse. <laughs> Thank you. But you'd have to make quite a case to say that at some point you haven't enjoyed some Johnny Cash. What is it about him that makes him so transcendent to tastes you know, across the spectrum?
1: He doesn't mess around with flowery stuff okay fair, fair it's you don't have to sit and analyze his music it's right there for you to see sure everything's right there i like it he lays himself out what what they say three chords in the truth is what they said about <laughs> him back in the day yeah so that's basically what it is nice it's i just, love that three it's chords and really the really basic this is what i'm going through this is i see you're going through this too just he's very relatable
0: yeah uh, so how much of his
1: uh, studio catalog do you know? Mm, enough to know I've listened to Johnny Cash some. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. Uh, what about Walk the Line? Did you see that? Yes. And? I saw that in the theater. Same. Same. Yeah. What would you think? I really liked it. Joaquin Phoenix is one of my favorite actors. Okay. I think he did Johnny a lot of justice. Absolutely. And something... I'm glad they addressed his drug addiction. Because... Because that is a big part of Johnny Cash. I mean... That that's is a big part. Of I w- it. That brought him. That's what why well, he did Folsom Prison. He was coming off of speed and he got clean and then did that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: So, uh, yeah, I'm glad. Like some biopics, they kind of skate over things like sure. that. Like all oh, the prettiest shows. Sure. With yeah. Walk the Line, I liked that it showed a little it, bit. It was, it was heavy. Like, like I walked out of there being like, I don't know if I like I did, Johnny too. I was much. like, sounded like kind of an asshole <laughs> there for a while. <laughs> exactly. oh, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that one was I just the, the last episode that came out of, uh, of Badass Records uh, had VH1 on the person's list, VH1 Storytellers, uh, Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. Oh, yeah, which I, yeah that's a
1: good one. I, I hadn't listened to it oh, before. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Um, but yeah, um, so going from somebody that everybody knows to a record that I didn't know at all, we go from 68 to 1972. First of four, 12 tracks, 31 minutes, number one record. Big Star.
1: Big Star, number one record.
0: Had Never heard of him
1: before. Who was Big Star and how'd you discover him? Big them? Star, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I discovered okay. Actually, the first mention I ever remember hearing of Big Star is in a replacement song. Okay. Because Paul Westerberg says, I never travel far without a little Big Star and was like, who in the hell's Big Star? Interesting. And then they were a band from Memphis. Um, Alex Chilton was the lead singer that was originally the singer for the Box Tops when yep, he was like yep. 15 or 16. Kay. He did The Letter. That's him. Um, They recorded this in Memphis. Big Star takes its name from a chain of grocery stores oh. in, te- in Tennessee. Okay. Big Star Groceries. Nice. It's called Number One Record, and it really should have been, but the label they used had no distribution and the record died dang it even got a five star review in Rolling Stone wow wow yeah it's it's the template for Power Pop um yeah the, so ra- wrote, is that in Radio City the next record or the two okay. templates for Power Pop
0: well in on this one I thought uh, Feel the opening track was yeah. really good uh, track this is, and track two The Ballad of El Gudo yep. is awesome uh, and then we get to the middle of the record, and for some reason, uh, 6 six and 7, the India song and When My Baby's Beside uh-huh. Me, some, for some reason they're very familiar. Like, I'm not sure exactly where I would have heard them before.
1: I don't know. But. I know uh, In the Street was a theme song for 70s show. Okay. But Cheap Trick did it. Oh, right, Cause right, Because Alex right. Chilton wouldn't give the rights uh, to use For his real? Voice. For real? Uh-huh. Wow. He refused to. Oh, my gosh. The Replacements even have a song on Please To Meet Me, that record called Alex Chilton. It's all about him. That's the one that mentions Big Star. Okay. They wanted him to record on it, and all he would do is hand claps. Why? Because he's Alex Chilton. Okay. He's, he was notoriously weird and difficult.
0: That's an interesting line to walk. I mean,
1: he wouldn't be on the record; he would just clap his hands.
0: Well, I I really (laughs) like. I really like their sound. They were cool.
1: It's this predate like power pop. This predates Cheap Trick. Yep, it predates T Rex. Okay, yeah, man. Um, You know what?
0: Like I've I haven't done a very deep deep dive, but I've just done a quick peek at some. um god who did you just who did you just mention um it's not cheap trick it's not t-rex oh t-rex dude they fucking shred it. oh they're amazing like i've metal go- guru is great record all i knew for years was you know banging gong get it oh, on yeah and no there's whatever. other
1: stuff Tw- uh, 20th century boy there, dude, there's other stuff they
0: are absolute shredders um but thank you for uh putting that one on your list it was it was very fun to get to know uh, so we move from 72 to 77, another debut, my aim is true,
1: Elvis Costello, yes, oh. yes, 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 the one and only true Elvis, first of Elvis 26, Costello. yeah, amazing, uh,
0: amazing output. including yeah. one last year, he yeah. put out a record last mm-hmm. year. 12 tracks on this one, 32 wow, minutes. Wow, he
1: was battling cancer, by the way. What Really? Yeah, he had cancer when he was making that record.
0: Is he healthy? He's fine out? now. Oh, wow. Supposedly. Wow. Yeah. Nice work, Elvis. Yeah, good job. Um. So third Elvis Costello record to make an appearance here on the podcast. Uh, this year's Model, which mm-hmm. I think was the one that came after this. Yeah. And then I for, I'm forgetting the third one, but... Uh, um, which regardless I'm thankful for because he was always kind of a peculiarity to me like who is this guy that I would see in Rolling Stone and he had the one video where he's like up close you know pump it up yeah yeah. but I I seldom got a a look or a listen
1: otherwise Elvis is one of those weird cats because when he came out he got lumped into punk rock and I don't think he is
0: Uh, he's more new wave no yeah for sure for sure It sounds like uh, he's he's always uh, about to. He could turn the corner into punk rock, but he never does. Right?
1: It's like his band was too good. The attractions were too good to be a punk band.
0: (laughs) Um, how about there's like a dub reggae feel in the closer? Watching the detectives, I thought that was super cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a that's a weird one. Um,
0: Yeah. Adam Bresnick of Rolling Stone called this record wordy, witty,
1: and geeky as fuck. It is. It is. This is a nerd's record. Well, Sorry, guys. No. It is a nerd's record. That
0: absolutely no shame in being yeah, a nerd. It's a, it's I'm a, it's one a, myself. Yeah, This um, has got
1: a lot of really great tracks on it, man. Uh, Waiting for the End of the World is my favorite one. Nice. Mystery Dance is good. I mean, it's just got so much good stuff. And then Allison, but everybody hears Of
0: course. That. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. probably the only uh costello song i could have like told you by name back, back way back when yeah you know. or
1: what's so funny about peace love and understanding but that's on armed forces no okay. and that's the cover anyway nick right. lowe did that originally. right right yeah. um
0: okay so uh where will we stay in 77 with uh, rocket to russia there you go the ramones third yeah. of 14 14 tracks 31 minutes um, I've heard punk enthusiasts claim that these guys deserve more credit than the Sex Pistols for accurate. They or- do. Okay. Because
1: the Sex Pistols only exist because Malcolm McLaren, their manager, saw the Ramones in New York and went to England and wanted the an English Ramones. Fact. Nice. Nice. Yep. Um, so we only have the Sex Pistols because he happened to go to CBGB's and see the Ramones
0: one. Right. Uh, Band members blamed the Sex Pistols for their lack of sales, saying that they changed the punk image for the worse. They absolutely did. Okay. Why is that?
1: Because it was more about the look and the attitude uh, than the music. Okay, you fair, know they fair. were the first prefab punk band. Mm. The dude literally put out an ad and found guys that looked punk and put them in a N-uh. band. Yes, no way. No, nobody in that band could play their instruments at all. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Sid Vicious. Everybody talks about him being a great bassist. He was never plugged in. Wow. On stage, they didn't plug him in. Wow. He did not know how to play bass. Oh my god, how embarrassing. Yep. Uh, all founding members of this
0: band have been dead for over eight years. Yes, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I think they had, did they, after this one, they had some personnel change
1: also? The drummer Tommy, yeah, dropped out and then Marky joined, and Marky was the drummer until they were done. Okay, that. so they okay. only had really had two drummers. I think Clint Burke from Bondi was there for like two minutes, but uh. Tommy quit because he wanted to produce and he couldn't play fast enough. Oh, okay. I mean So you they know found you a know. guy that could play faster. Right. Because they wanted to play faster. Nice. Um well this
0: was a fun one. I've never sat down and listened to the Ramones before, yeah. so that was that was really? good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had the
1: I had the good fortune of seeing the Ramones Where? Uh, in '96 at La Pluza. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and how was that their was set? Amazing. Nice. It was high were the Ramones, and then one, two, three, four. That's all they ever said. <laughs> and then it was like a forty-five-minute set, and they—it felt like they played a hundred songs, right? Because they were well, just hundred-plus like... degrees. Never took their leather jackets off. Oh my God, that, yeah. that's punk rock. Fuck, that's hardcore as fuck. That's um, hardcore as fuck.
0: Also, probably not wise. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> if it's a hundred degrees, no, I nearly died at that show, but it was worth it. How so? Oh, just heat. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah getting cooked all day, Like Yuck. noon to midnight, just getting cooked Yuck. all day. Yuck. Uh well, big big leap. We go from
0: seventy seven all the way to nineteen ninety three. Uh, second of five records for these guys. Fifteen tracks, thirty nine minutes. The Breeders, yes. Last Splash.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, I love the Breeders. I've seen them about four times.
0: Have the words in an album title ever been mo- more notorious with the biggest track on the album itself?
1: What with it being Cannibal? Y- yeah. yeah, that's yeah. It's pretty
0: fitting. I mean. So, uh, you, um, you fired some shots a couple minute, minutes ago and they landed, uh, mm-hmm. right in my bedroom, uh, in that I am a huge, huge fish fan and I love the Grateful Dead. Um. I
1: saw that stung. What's that? I can see it stung. <laughs> Couldn't you really? Yeah, I Nice.
0: Um, now. So there is, and and this is fitting for, you know, you say this, they know when to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did you say that about? The uh,
1: Stones should have known when to no, stop. No,
0: they, they should have stopped in the 70s, but wow. um, this is as close as I'll, Oh, Wilco, as close as I'll get to a jam band because they know when to stop. Right. So there's an epic show from a venue called The Bomb Factory right. in Texas, 1994, and I think um i don't know if there's any breaks at all like every song just bleeds into the next one mm-hmm. and so they do a whole bunch of uh you know uh original stuff but then they kind of just go like they're in and out of songs right. like for a little while they're in walk away by the james gang uh-huh. and they go into cannonball and yeah. and they come out and they go and, and they're, they're there's a lot of they oh, back I, and forth. there's a there's sort of like a uh, a frequency in in the middle of the jam that lends itself to going back into mm-hmm. cannonball right um but this is a this was a really fun record um, oh yeah uh,
1: this is in my top of the 90s okay
0: Easy. um Easy. peculiar um record uh it's different pu- it's punk uh and legit and real and and uh tra- you know uh Outside of tracks one and two, and they come back around to you know traditional and track twelve, but mm-hmm. they they're you know n- no fear uh, yeah. and just checking stuff out, um, throwing something down. Kind of kind of I I never have given any of their other albums a listen of you.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Mountain Battles is a good record. Okay. Pod the first one was pretty good. Okay, this this one here. And I saw them at Lollapalooza 94 as well. Oh, wow. Okay. That was the first time I saw them. And I will be very decisive here because I've had this argument many times. Kim Deal is the lead singer of Breeders, right? Absolutely. She plays bass in the Pixies as well. For real? She started in the Pixies. Yeah, she's the bass player for the Pixies. Uh, I didn't know that. Um I have gone into almost physical altercations because I like the Breeders better than the Pixies. I think the Pixies are overrated. Well, I mean, they're polished and poppy yeah. and... But uh, the Breeders is just... You know, and then there was the Breeders and then Kim did another band called The Amps. It's even weirder than this. Okay. Uh, but uh, Breeders' Life Splash is easily one of my favorite
0: albums. I mean, that... Uh, There's
1: no bad songs on no, it, I
0: don't think. No, no. And I, I mean... I really loved that uh, cannonball video. Like, she just, uh, she she was so hot to me in that. I was like, I want. She's
1: been my celebrity girlfriend for 35 <laughs> years. She doesn't know we're dating, but me and Kim Dillo had a thing for about 35
0: I years. I mean, though. gosh, I. Uh, you know, talk about shots fired. Like, I, I, I was hoping to at least be in line in front of you for then. <laughs> um, so. Uh, from '93. Um, I didn't put the year down for. Yeah, I did. Um, Where you're that Stranger there. than the
1: fiction. That's probably '92 or '94. '94. '94.
0: Stranger than fiction. Bad religion. Yes. Who? Uh, you know, when I'm in college, in the, in the '90s, and running kitchens, I'm I'm trying to spread that jam band, you know, stuff anywhere anywhere it will go, and a lot of kids that i went to school with a lot of kids that i worked with in restaurants uh a lot of punk uh oh, yeah. and, and bad religion always seemed to be um like you know the common thread like um mm-hmm. there there are a lot of bands that dudes that i worked with were way into but that's always seemed to be you know the venn diagram mm. if you will uh ha- Let's see here. Eighth of 17, 15 tracks, 38 minutes. Um, The Bad Religion shirt always was a, you know.
1: The Crossbuster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. They, I mean, it's, it's, uh, listening to Bad Religion to me is like uh, a skater and a punk merit badge uh, tied into
1: one. And, and they're my, uh, Bad Religion is my all time favorite punk band. Okay. I, 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 Think that sh- i mean mean—I've seen them the most of any punk band. I, I did a review of it was the anniversary edition, "A Recipe for Hate," and I said that Bad Religion is that punk band that you have to—if you listen to them—you have to have a thesaurus because that dude's vocabulary, Greg Graffin's vocabulary, is amazing. Man, there, it, if people say, "Oh, punk rock is for stupid people," no, nah, listen to a Bad Religion record.
0: Well, yeah. I was six tracks deep, and I decided that this was like perfect punk rock material. Oh yeah. Uh, then track seven comes on, infected. Yeah. Uh, very very solid, um, and this is just it just really took me back. Um, I you know I think I would probably heard most of this album just you know, sh- you got everybody's got to take their turn in the kitchen with the tape player you know uh, in the '90s.
1: I heard this before it came out because the guy i was talking about the big stoner that lived downstairs for me yeah he used he had real good friends like he was friends with the descendants and stuff that's how i met the descendants okay you met the descendants yeah i've been friends with the guitar player for like 30 years nice but yeah but he went to a music convention okay once and then brought this back on cassette and said hey man you got to hear this
0: yeah. Yeah. You
1: do. Yeah. And I did. And then I went back and found Recipe for Hate and How Could Hell Be Any Worse and, you know, Suffer. Um, all those albums. But Stranger got, Than Fiction was my first real taste. Nice.
0: That I got to track 15, 21st Century Digital. I was like, I fucking know this tune. Oh, yeah. I've heard this tune a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good, too. I mean, uh, the whole thing is... um, It it was a very fun listen for...
1: Better Off Dead is probably my favorite track. Okay. Or Hooray For Me. Nice. One of those those two.
0: So we're going to close it up. We're going to move to 1998. uh, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. Neutral Milk Hotel.
1: This is an interesting album. I might...
0: Second of two... 11 tracks 39 minutes i did a uh so i was on the newspaper staff in college and then to uh the managing editor and the editor-in-chief and i started a blog Mm -hmm. in 2007 whatever um and it was pretty much you know sports focus but we would also we we wrote we were writers you know um and so we started doing things like um here's our top 10 albums of all time this like,
1: is what i'm listening to this week you know type stuff yeah that's yeah.
0: How, so and and one of my buddies alex shouts out to uncle cecil uh through this like way high on his list and i would never even heard of them before mm-hmm. and i was like what in the world and then i was like i don't think i've ever heard anything
1: like this before it is it's wild. different. It's a different record. It's also one of those records, if you really want to understand it, you have to listen to it from beginning to end all the way through. You can't break up this record. Two-headed boy. Yeah, you have to listen to it all, man. King and Care Flowers Part 1 and 2, you have to listen to it all in a row. And, you know, this album is based on a dream that Jeff, uh, how do you say his name, Magnum? Yeah, uh, Mangum. Mangum. Yeah. He had a dream about Anne Frank. This entire album is about Anne Frank.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that uh, right around the time that we were doing that particular project and, and, and writing about albums um and i was like what oh, the fuck is that neutral milk and then i listened to it I was like wow this is really good and i listened to it a couple more times mm. and then like two nights later wherever fish was they came out and opened set one with the title track mm-hmm. really good cover oh yeah and you know they for in that case they respect the time oh yeah and they cut it but a uh, very very
1: fun record i don't even know how i came across this really record. I don't even know I, I've got so many friends and stuff that just have told me hey listen Check this, this record. Out. listen yeah. to that record yeah. you're gonna like this you know it's got singing sor- or singing saws on it man I mean he's using all kinds of instrumentation Wow, on this thing he's it's- like the Brian Wilson alternative <laughs> rock nice he is um, All the way down to the mental illness. Oh Being, wow! Oh, yeah. Okay. That's uh, I Jeff, think they, yeah. He quit doing music for a long time. Yeah,
0: I think I remember mm, seeing he had issues. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple randoms for you, and then we'll wrap up and right. let you get on get back to your day. Cool. So if you found yourself gifted with the ability to visit yourself in the past at any time, any age, uh, what age are you choosing? And if you're saying something to yourself, what are you saying?
1: what age would i choose mm-hmm. probably 17 or 18 okay uh, right around in there because that's when everything really started going hard like music wise and going to shows and all that sure like, that's when everything got interesting sure and what would i say to myself i mean you
0: don't ha- you can just be an observer but if you do say something what are you saying don't be
1: such an asshole. No, no kidding. Well, you did say that right around that time there was some. Yeah, anger. don't be. Don't uh, treat people better. Don't be such an asshole. Okay, and don't get married. Don't get married. <laughs> the first
0: time. <laughs> right, right. Uh, tomorrow you wake up and you find that you have inherited eighty-five million dollars. Oh my god! What's your first move, and how different does your life look moving forward?
1: My first move would be to make sure my kids were set up with money. Forever. Okay. And my next move would be to build a house with a temperature-controlled room so I can have the world's biggest record collection. Nice. That's my goal.
0: Um, what? Uh, how many kids and what age, What are their ages? I
1: have two. Okay, uh, My daughter is 27. Kay. She's getting ready to have a baby. I want to be a grandpa for Dang. the first time next month. Next month? Next month. Hey, cool. And my son is 16.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, please complete this uh, sentence for me. The world would become an immediately better place in which to live, if only.
1: Huh. The world would become a better place, if only. I think the world would be a better place if there was no such thing as cell phones. Oh. Because I mean, then we'd have to talk to each other. Yeah. You're not and people wrong. have forgotten how to talk to each other. Yeah. It and wasn't that long country. ago where it was like, well, you got to go
0: over here to the computer to get Dude, on Dude, I internet. didn't
1: get I didn't get a cell phone, a real cell phone, like four or five years ago. I mean, seriously, I my kids finally made me get one. Nice, you know. I'm just, I just don't care. Right. right. I, I live in an analog world. I yeah. listen to vinyl and sure,
0: you know. And now, but if you are getting on uh, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I mean, are you getting on via your phone? With you?
1: my phone, I just okay. I. I don't mind phones. I just think it's weird how they've changed the world. Like so everybody weird. has to have a phone. So weird. You know, sound like here's my old man moment of the day, but you used to be able to disappear for the day if you wanted to. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And now you can't. I'll just have to get a hold of him tomorrow. You yeah, know, you just, I'll get a hold of him later, man. Maybe yeah. I'll
1: catch him at home later. Right, right. If you did, you did.
0: So <clears throat> Danny Phillips Dr. 47 thank you very much uh, thank you we before we started rolling uh, you mentioned you know so so here's the list and then once you've given it to me you're like oh fuck this record and that record are there any uh, 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 records do you want to shout out that weren't on your list off the top of your head
1: um, let's see going through my list in my head here Um, the Beatles again it okay. was kind of a greatest hits kind of thing but it has some different stuff on it um let's see the first black sabbath record's pretty cool nice um descendants everything sucks <laughs> uh Fergazi repeater hey right there on the wall um there man there's a lot of them alice and chains dirt Ooh, good uh, one i don't know i'm big sap jar of
0: flies so guy yeah there you go that's pretty good dude um Right on. So, I don't
1: know. There's so much. I know. I know. There's so much.
0: Um, So, uh, Skate Bar, uh, their Facebook, I know the Facebook page has the landline phone number, which Brandon was kind enough to share in his episode that he pretty much is available to answer after five. Right. Most days. Um, We
1: usually open around
0: five. Right. Um, but so that's one way, uh, that you, one could reach out to skate bar. Uh, you can come have a skateboard built.
1: Yeah. I've here. actually seen Brandon build a skate, build skateboards at the bar there while there's a mosh pit going
0: nice, on. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you can buy a skateboard. Uh, you can come see, uh, live music. Yep. You can get a cold beer or a cold soft drink. Yep. Um, but uh, so, so the beyond the landline uh, calling the place uh, folks can find you Danny Phillips on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook, right? Yeah. Um, and just like direct messages. you know. Yeah.
1: Just send me a like on Facebook. Just send me a message. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, My typical thing is to look at the schedule, listen to the band, see if it'll work. Right. You know, right. Okay. I, have, I yeah. have a system. Good. I listen to everything before I book it.
0: Awesome. So.
1: As it should be. Oh, yeah
0: um Mm -hmm. thanks again man i appreciate it thank you all right we'll talk to you soon
1: yeah